0: In this episode, I'm joined by master perfumer and founder of Goldfield and Banks, Dimitri Weber. Dimitri Weber has always been passionate about fragrance. His first job was at YSL when Yves Saint Laurent himself was still working in-house on scent development, and he's since worked with Narciso Rodriguez, Issy Miyake, and the brands beneath the L'Oreal Prestige umbrella, as well as consulting and taking on the role of spokesperson for Tom Ford Fragrance. Given his passion for scent, Dimitri has made a habit of adding locally produced fragrances to his arsenal whenever he travels, which is why, upon relocating to Australia from France in 2015, he was struck by the lack of prestige Australian fragrance houses and perfumes rich in native, raw, botanical ingredients. The year that followed saw Dimitri launch Goldfield and Banks a fragrance house inspired by the Australian landscape and borrowing its name from Joseph Banks, the country's first botanist. Today, the Goldfield and Banks portfolio includes seven perfumes, each inspired by an Australian location and rich in the raw ingredients found there. The brand also has a number of high-profile fans whom Dimitri is too modest to name, but one is a singer and one is an actress, and let's just say the singer is from the country and the actress is a big little fan of the brand i caught up with dimitri during his most recent press tour of melbourne to discuss the difference between mass-produced scents and an olfactory approach to perfumery what literally goes into a scent and what it takes for a perfume to reach cult status So you were born and grew up in Belgium. What was your first real memory of beauty?
1: Memory of beauty. Um, I was born French, actually. Ah. Um, yes, my father uh, is French. My mum is uh, Belgian. Yes. And I think my first memory is um, choosing my mum's fragrances when I was six. Uh-huh. Ah.
0: God that's an early <laughs> age to you know have an affinity for fragrance. Yeah, absolutely. What was your criteria for picking fragrances oh, for her? It had
1: to be very feminine. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. It had to be very feminine. My mom um absolutely loved um Nina Ricci uh Nina it was called and L'air du temps. Mhm. Um, Anaïs Anaïs by Cacharel she had uh, Diorescence or Diorella I can't remember one of those two
0: these don't sound as beautiful coming out of Mm. my voice
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's that's probably my first memory uh, of fragrance and then I I, my parents had um, had a boat and they lived on a boat and and very often the boat was in Paris Mm -hmm. and that's where I actually received my first small little sample little vial sample ever Really? Um, from a brand called Giacomo. Yes, which is probably a brand that is not <laughs> available in <laughs> Australia, but very uh, back then it was very French and uh, I still have that file. I still really? have it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I start mm-hmm. every interview asking people what their first memory of beauty is, but I really wanted to I guess extend on that with you given that fragrance is the sense most linked to memory. So, other than having these memories of perfume, when do you think you started really paying attention to fragrance and smelling the things around you, and you know, really linking that to memory?
1: Still, then, I yeah, mean, yeah. That young, my mom was very like we say in French, coquette. Um, she would always have the perfect uh, lipstick and beautiful mm-hmm. makeup, and and always smell beautifully. Still today, she she always smells amazing. Um, but I think. Um, when I had my first girlfriend, a uh, very Parisian girl, um, beautiful blonde, um, with, a, with great style and, and um, looked amazing, she had the most amazing fragrances, mm-hmm. very Parisian, like Chalimar, and she would yeah. have a, a Ambre Fetiche by uh, Annie Goutal, I remember that. Um, very ambery, yes. very Parisian sort of smell, and th- these, that's one. I was 15 back then, so um, that's what I remember. Um, that's the link that I have with fragrances. And other than that, my, my, the other memory that I have is um, my, my parents' boat, the canals, the smell of the, of the canals and the smell of the rivers in France. Um the locks, you know, the locks yes. when you have those typical locks in yep. Europe. In some some of the countries you have those locks. Um when the locks when the water level goes down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the walls or how do you call it? Yeah, the, the, the walls of the, those yeah. locks would have this very algae sort of smell and, uh-huh. and and very natural and 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 this will always i will always have that smell in me i will always i can always still recall that smell every single day it's
0: funny isn't it how you can just smell something and it will take you right back to a time I, and I uh, yeah oh
1: absolutely absolutely
0: amazing mm. i know that you began your career in the 90s at Yves Saint Laurent mm. what was it that led you to that role had you studied or was no, it just something that you had a natural all. affinity for? I
1: studied before? arts. I ah. s- I really, yeah, I studied arts. Um, but I was always very passionate about fragrances, and obviously I was very fortunate to meet uh, an amazing woman uh, who used to be the PR ah. for uh, YSL. And it, well, she knew that I was absolutely passionate about fragrances and, and, and very driven. She, she offered me the opportunity to work for that company uh, at a very early age. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about fragrances. Only that I, you know,
0: that you loved them, (laughs) that I loved them,
1: and and I knew a lot about about ingredients and about creations, and you know, um, but um, but it was very interesting to um, to sort of um, discover this the world of fragrances and 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 marketing and um, the business behind fragrances, Mm -hmm. which was very different back then than today. Um, In what way? Well, back then, things were a lot more pretty. Yeah. Everything was amazing in the 90s. You know, it, the fragrance industry was booming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only had a few big brands. I mean, there was a Thierry Mugler, there was a Yves Saint Laurent, yes. Chanel Dior, and a few other brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yssemiake came and, you know. Um, but... Those days were the golden years of the industry. I would say everything was possible. We had amazing budgets for you know for perfume launchers and even the press oh, to have budgets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a oh luxury. my god, I know. Knowing now because <laughs> with my mm-hmm. small brand, obviously with my young brand, uh, it's it's a totally different uh, different story. But I learned so much, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. And this is, I will forever be grateful to that person that gave me the opportunity back then to work in that beautiful fragrance Mm -hmm. house. And he was still alive. Um, Really? Wiesel, he was still alive. He was still working. I mean, he was alive, but he was still working and very actively involved in the creation of the fragrances. And I think before I left, I think one of his last creations was Baby Doll.
0: Ah, that was one of my first... I think, like, real perfumes, in inverted commas, when I moved on from body sprays. (laughs) I think I just liked the bottle. It's so the opposite of anything I would wear now, but it's funny, the Mm. things that you remember. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, He was very involved in that project. It was unbelievable. Because uh, then afterwards, the brand was sold to uh, Gucci. Yes. Uh, And that was the end of it. I mean, then things started changing, and everything became very marketing.
0: Yeah. I think Tom Ford was
1: probably the designer that actually changed the whole industry.
0: Yes, well, let's talk about that because I understand that you you worked with Issey Miyake, Rodriguez, and you've consulted for Tom Ford, as you say, and a number of the brands under that sort of L'Oreal prestige umbrella. Talk to me about Tom Ford. What was it about him that changed um, the industry? No,
1: I think um, for a few years I, I sort of worked, um, I was spokesperson for press um this particular brand tom ford and mm. he's he's just a master i mean he's extremely smart um and he when he launched his collection of fragrances you know i still remember the first um small collection and then you would have a grave Etiver, and then you would have a neroli portofino and the, the range was very small it was mm. considered as being extremely niche but very well thought you know, yes very well um, um, um
0: I and mean, it was curated, calculated, really. and yeah. curated,
1: and um, and then after that, I mean, a lot of the other brands started doing their own collections and stuff like that. Yes. But I think um, that... they got a whiff
0: of that tobacco and <laughs> oh, jumped onto yes. it. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that changed the whole industry after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I so much admired this man. I mean, he's 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 a brain. He's he's bright. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What
0: were some of the biggest Learnings that you took from that time there and consulting with other brands and are there any, I guess, lessons that you're still applying to what you do now? Mm.
1: I think what I've learned is, um, well, it's not really something that you learn, but when you're passionate, I mean, and I'm extremely passionate about my my fragrances and I'm passionate about the industry, um, that passion, you can easily transport it or how do you say that? You can easily... um, um,
0: Get that? I think transport is yeah, yeah. transport
1: or, or, or um, people are very much um, receptive and and, and um, it's contagious. Is that yes, the word? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely contagious. Um, so so passion, passion is contagious, and this is if there is no passion, when there is no passion in a brand, um, you fall out of the boat. I would yeah. say. Um, you can feel when a brand is genuine, when mm-hmm. you, you can feel when a designer, fragrance designer or whatever designer in fashion is, um, is uh, genuine and passionate, it will mm-hmm. it will have more chances to survive than if it's just a story and, and that's the end of it.
0: You mentioned, I mean, you've touched on a few brands that were sort of the industry leaders at that time and they really did dominate that market. What do you think... Why do you think that is? Why do you think they were the names that were the leaders at that time and they're the names that we still remember now? What did it take for them to build that brand?
1: Well, marketing, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) Marketing is so important. I mean, obviously, um, um, when you think of uh, fragrances such as uh, Chanel Number 5 and... um, fragrances such as uh, Thierry Mugler Angel. Yes it was another one of my first
0: proper ones because I just wanted to smell like a
1: beautiful yeah absolutely
0: caramel or something
1: (laughs) but it was the first yeah they were absolutely unique fragrances Mm. absolutely unique fragrances and I think if you have that one particular fragrance that is unique you'll have when you have enough support and enough you know Money to, yes, to, to support and
0: to and build momentum.
1: To build momentum, then I think your brand has has big chances to succeed and to to stay forever in you know in in the industry. Mm-hmm. But um. But it's also a matter of if you know some of the brands or some of the fragrances, those iconic fragrances have also a lot of content, and that's important too. Yes. is you know if you have like with Goldfield and Banks for instance with my brand is um, we have so much content from raw materials to to landscapes yes. to, to the earth to the history of the country to you know there's so much um, and that is important I mm. mean it's not just a story that you come up with it's it's it needs to be you know um, it needs to be um, deep or or, or um, it has to have. Otherwise, it's pastry. inauthentic. If it's just you know oh, the story's been manufactured. Ah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why those those iconic fragrances will last forever because they have an an an, an eternal uh, um, source of inspiration mm-hmm. and, and and content.
0: Something that's of particular interest to me. You talk about having an iconic fragrance, but what I'm so fascinated by is the process of. I guess building the fragrance from selecting the notes, sourcing the notes, establishing what works or what doesn't, in as great or as little detail as you like. Can you talk me through that process? How does it? Mm. I mean, how does it start? How does it finish?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, there are different ways, different processes. Um, one of the things that that I find very interesting and very intriguing in the process of creating goldfield and banks for instance is working and using different raw materials Mm -hmm. so it always starts with an inspiration like every creator every designer every um um person that you know that that works on the on the creation uh, side of the fragrances will come up with an inspiration with Mm -hmm. a starting point yeah it can be a fabric it can be a picture it can be a landscape it can be a raw material Uh, in my case it's raw materials Um, it can be anything. It can be a person. It can be um, a, a trip. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 whatever. Um, and then that's when you actually start imagining a fragrance. Mm-hmm. You imagine a fragrance. You imagine um, the name, the story behind, because there's a lot more involved in creating a yes. fragrance than just <laughs> a fragrance. Um, so um, uh, and then you start to assemble all these elements. Um, pictures how you envision it how, how, you, how you you know you would imagine the fragrance be um and then you start selecting little by little all little pieces like a puzzle mm-hmm. fabrics and pictures and raw materials and 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 um some ideas you want some you know and and you get all these elements together and that gives you a beautiful brief mm-hmm. to actually start creating your fragrance so that's the first step. That's the first step. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the first step. Um, and then and then it takes, you know, I mean, in, in my case, bit, I, I take a bit of time to create a fragrance. Some people say, oh, you don't have enough fragrances. I only have like six or seven soon. Uh, but I take time to create my fragrances. It takes, you know, it takes a year, sometimes even more to really? from, you know, the... the
0: Conceptualizing the sp- it to yeah. the exactly product. Right
1: the starting point, you know, Mm. the inspiration, the idea, to the actual um, development and and, and production of the fragrance.
0: What's the difference, uh, while we're still on production, Mm. what's the Mm. difference between, I guess, an olfactory approach to perfume as opposed to just, you know, mainstream perfumery?
1: But what is mainstream perfumery today? Mm, That's
0: a very good (laughs) question.
1: (laughs) I think, um, well... I think there is a lot of snobbery in the industry, you know. Some yeah. people say, well, you, you know, your fragrance is niche. It's better than anyone else. I mean, I don't think we are better than anyone else. It's just um, we have a different brand. Everyone has yes. a different brand and it's the way people perceive your brand. It can mm-hmm. be more generic. It can be more prestigious, more exclusive. Um, but I think um, what's extremely important, in, in especially for younger brands and for niche brands, is the use, in my opinion, is the use of a lot of beautiful raw materials um, that you really treat in all its majesty. And that you take some time to actually craft those fragrances um, in order to probably generic fragrances where they have to launch every three, four months a new fragrance. Well, then there's not much time to develop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of flankers and... Um and this is something that I'm not I d do don't, don't want to go into. That's not my not no. my tea <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask what we as a consumer, what would be the key differences that we would find between you know, a niche fragrance and something like a you know, a celebrity branded perfume if we can, you know, put that in its own category. But I suppose you've sort of answered it. It's a it's a different process
1: it's a different process i mean and there is fragrance for everyone i mean today fragrances is is i think a 32 billion dollar business just a casual (laughs) exactly so i think there is a bit for everyone you know and there are people that work for the money and there are people that work with for the passion like in my case i mean (laughs) you know i mean I'm i'm a very young company and I work with passion, and I work for the passion, and I work for the fun. For the whole, mm. it's hard work. Obviously, it's it's day and night, and and but um but I'm I'm happy when people are happy when they choose one of my fragrances and they wear it and you know and they go like oh my god it's amazing and I feel great and I find the fragrance of my life and you know that's what feeds me that's what makes me really happy yeah more than uh, thinking about oh my god I have to. Um, Report to you know some shareholders and stuff like that, mm. which is um, which is the other part of the business. It's, it's like yes,
0: any business, I yes. I often forget celebrities that numbers are and, a part know, of a business.
1: Celebrities that get you know uh, um, royalties and they're yeah, probably well, not as much involved in you know the creation. Miss
0: Hilton seems and to be doing very well. Off very well. <laughs> I, know, I know. How many she got now? I've lost oh dear, a lot.
1: lot, a lot. But I, I, years ago, I mean, one of the best performing celebrity fragrances was Celine Dion mm. like worldwide I'm talking about global mm-hmm. yeah she was uh, for many years like the number one in celebrity fragrances
0: there you go I grew up in the Britney Spears um, fantasy oh. era right oh my so god that is, yeah that,
1: that <laughs> do you remember that film yes do you remember that it was eatable yep it was edible.
0: Yep, we had we my friendship group just passed it around because we thought that was the most I amazing thing. I, <laughs> s- I
1: discovered that for the first time in 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 the US in Nordstrom, I think, or something like that, in one of these stores and I thought, "Oh my god, that was pretty avant-garde actually." Yeah. <laughs> Very marketing. Gosh.
0: Yes, I was about to <laughs> say if you've got the resources
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: away from celebrity fragrances, I feel like we are in recent years really seeing a rise in the niche fragrance house. Why do you think consumers are beginning to celebrate these brands and buying into sort of smaller batch-made fragrances?
1: Well, I think the main reason is that um, a lot of customers don't want to smell like their neighbors. Yeah, you know. Um,
0: I have friends that won't ever reveal what their signature scent exactly. is, for that very reason.
1: Exactly, um, and 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 that is that is that is very important is a lot of people want to smell different um, and I think you get bombarded and you get um, you know and you see all these celebrities on ad campaigns and you know I think it's a very 1990s and ninety two thousand thing mm-hmm. uh, whereas we're Getting to 2020, and and I think it's a little bit passé, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like a celebrity on an ad campaign for a certain fragrance, I think it's very boring. It's becoming extremely boring.
0: I agree with that. It doesn't make me want to buy a perfume at all.
1: No, no, exactly. I mean, I I would rather see a beautiful person, a man or a woman, on Mm. an ad campaign, which is not celebrity but but a beautiful person that has some, some sort of personality yes that uh, expresses the fragrance rather than having a celebrity I mean and I think I think that that um, that was a very very successful tool in all these years mm-hmm. but those big brands those big commercial fragrance brands they will have to reinvent themselves because I'm, I'm not sure if that's still gonna work in another five or six years mm-hmm. so I think that's the reason probably why customers today Get a bit fed up with those big generic brands and go into the niche because niche offers uh, a lot more um, intimate, f- you know, um, more confidential fragrances mm-hmm. um, with, you know, different names, n- not necessarily well-known names, but uh, names that stand, there are synonymous for quality and synonymous yes. for, um, for beauty and lifestyle and, and more confidential. Mm-hmm. um
0: I think lifestyle is an important one. I think that fragrance has to, or doesn't have to, but for me as a consumer, I'm certainly looking at fragrance from more of a how does this fit into my lifestyle as a whole, not just I saw Shelley's Theron you know, with this perfume, so now I'm going to buy it because then I will smell like Charlize. Like that do, that side of it doesn't mm, yes.
1: do anything for no, me. No, 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 exactly. I mean, and it's great. I mean, it was always beautiful. Like the other day I was looking at this campaign from the 1990s with uh, Vanessa Paradis for a campaign mm-hmm. of Coco Chanel and then you think, oh my God, that was so beautiful. That was art, you know, yes. that was real art. It was Jean-Paul Goude who did it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that was a different era, you know. That was yes. Whereas now you can clearly see that it's not more about the art; it's really about the face that will make a fragrance sell. Yeah.
0: How many eyes can we get on this Ex- ad and oh, exactly, we'll talk about exactly, it, yeah. exactly?
1: And and um and it's 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 you know today we we're, we're sort of more in, the, in this confidential thing and and like and even in for me with my brand for instance I mean I I'm so extremely excited I've got two iconic Australian celebrities mm. that are wearing my fragrances, you know. One is an, is an actress and the other one is a, is a singer. So, And that, for me, is a lot more um, um, important
0: yes. um,
1: than having them on, on an ad campaign, for instance. Just knowing that they are, you know, regular customers and love and absolutely uh, support my brand. This is fabulous. Like I wish people <laughs> could
0: see your face because it's lit <laughs> up when you're talking
1: about that. Well, um, I mean, it's 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 pretty special yeah yeah
0: of course other than you know the marketing and who's wearing the perfume from a brand perspective what do you think sells a fragrance like are there any specific notes or or rather combinations of notes that sort of are an easy sell
1: well i think it's very personal yeah it's extremely personal what you like i might not like um and it's, it's every day the same thing. It's very, very difficult for even the big brands with a lot of money and, you know, they have money to spend in research and everything. Mm. Even they sometimes get it wrong with yes, their fragrances. They do. <laughs> so it's very difficult for me to tell you what is really, really good and what is not. Um, but from my experience, um, I can definitely say that um, still today, fresh fragrances mm-hmm. are still very much... Um, in, in trend, um, because not everybody wants to smell uh, like uh, like some some midnight uh, yes. queen uh, yep. that goes goes out in nightclubs. Um, but fresh fragrances tend to still um, resist, you know, against all all trends. Um, also, oriental fragrances, a lot of mm. vanilla, yep. a lot of amber. Yes. Um, these are keynotes that actually still do very well. Um, they're crowd pleasers, as we call them, mm-hmm. um, and floral fragrances just in general. People still love floral fragrances, beautiful flowers, why not?
0: Do those trends tend to change with the season or is there longevity in your florals, your orientals? Mm,
1: it changes with the seasons. Mm. Although I have to say one of them, our bestsellers is um, an aquatic fresh fragrance called Pacific Rock Moss and even though i was thinking that this one would slow down in the winter in europe and actually it didn't on the contrary ah. i mean we saw a lot more so um i don't know i think it's it's uh, i think wearing a fresh fragrance and especially that particular fragrance that particular fresh fragrance coming from australia um being a european citizen and when you buy fragrance in europe that comes from from australia even in the winter um, it will still make you dream, and mm-hmm. I think fragrances is all about that. It's about transporting you, and it's about making you dream of other places, of d- you know, um, um, a situation, mm. um, uh, a moment in your life. And it's not so much like oh, it's winter, I have to wear something more comfortable and more dark and 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 mm-hmm. more warm. No. That was actually it was a nice yeah. surprise for me to to discover that this year.
0: How nice! Mm. Oh, I love. That. I feel like I should be taking notes of that quote. I can't <laughs> wait to listen to this back. Well, let's. You know, you've mentioned that your one of your bestsellers is an aquatic fragrance. So let's talk a bit about your business. You <laughs> moved to Australia permanently in 2015. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Tick.
0: What prompted that oh move?
1: God. Love. <laughs> 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 love i met my partner um, yeah i met my partner during a trip um, i was i was in australia for on a business trip mm-hmm. and i extended my trip um, with another 3 4 weeks on holidays because obviously when you when you fly to australia you, yes. <laughs> you, oh my you God, stay It's <laughs> so <laughs>
0: not worth just doing like, exactly a week.
1: <laughs> exactly um, and i extended my stay and and that's how i met my partner and and i i went back to europe and you know living in belgium Back to Belgium, and um, I thought, you know what, I was getting 40, um, and I thought maybe it's time to just change your life, you know, Uh, sell your property and sell your company and just move to the other side of the world. Why not? Why not? And I did it. (laughs) I just did it.
0: That's such a bold move. Wow,
1: I did it without, yeah, I mean, I just did it. I had a, yeah, I had a, um, I had a job for the first year, and then quickly, obviously, I became self-employed again because I've been self-employed for twenty years. So yes, um, maybe not twenty years, maybe f- fifteen years or something. But but yeah, I I, st- I I absolutely wanted to be free again and have mm. my own you know my own company, and 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 and, and also I wanted to create a, a fragrance brand. The, the country was inspirational enough for me to. Um, to start working on a project on my own. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
0: And start a project on your own, you did. What was the catalyst that led you to start Goldfield & Banks?
1: The catalyst? Oh, good question. I think it's more... um, I was shopping around, as you do, you know, when you travel in all these countries. Yes, of course. Um, First thing you do is you walk into a department store or you walk into a perfumery or in a fashion store and you go looking for something that is... Um, that is local
0: mm-hmm. I like
1: local I like lo- buying local fashion yes. brands you know when you yeah. go to Japan or you go to Hong Kong or you know I like finding beautiful local brands in mm-hmm. skincare and fashion oh, I do that
0: with skincare very much so. um,
1: and in 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 uh, and in fragrances, and I was in, I was here, and obviously everybody knows Aesop and and mm-hmm. overseas, and you know all these fa- amazing skincare brands. And I was looking for a local, mm-hmm. beautiful, uh, prestige fragrance brand, and I thought, oh, what's going on here? There's nothing. Mm-hmm.
0: There's
1: nothing, and there was nothing.
0: No, there really wasn't.
1: No, 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 and and it's and it's funny because um, the country offers so much in terms of botanicals and raw materials. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia is probably the biggest exporter in sandalwood in the world. Are we? Yes. There you go. Yes, oh. yes. yes. Learn we are actually. Every I can day. Say we are. Yeah, we <laughs> are. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, being a permanent resident, I can tell. Um, yes, we are. We, we, uh, Western Australia supplies like most of the sandalwood in 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 the perfume industry. There you go. One so of my favorite notes. Exactly. Well. Sandalwood is used in a lot of fragrance mm. brands, and, and especially the WA one, Western Australian Sandalwood. Yes. It's present in a lot of the brands that we've known for years and years and years. Yes.
0: So you've, you've mentioned that, the, I mean, there really weren't any no. you know, uniquely Australian fragrance houses. Why do you think Australians were so reluctant to embrace Australian scent?
1: It wasn't the fact of being reluctant. It's um, it's more that there wasn't an offer. Um, you know, I think um, when you think of Australia, um, who initiated basically the French, uh, sorry, the, the the wine industry. Twenty years ago or thirty years ago, yeah. it's the French and the Germans. Yes. Now and we Italy. love them for that. <laughs> and exactly, and now today you don't actually need them anymore because you have your own wineries and and, mm. and Australia is very well known for its wines and 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 um, even today. For
0: choice, yeah.
1: Exactly. So I can imagine that probably twenty years ago you would go to a liquor store and you would find, um, probably you would find uh, ten Australian brands in wine and mm-hmm. you would have 50 French brands. Whereas now you go to any liquor store, what do you find? Yes. It's all Australian. Yeah. And the French section is very small. Mm. So, um, and it's the same with um, with, with, with anything. I mean, uh, um, you, you need the expertise. And I think, you know, th- this is such a young country. Um, and, and like any other young country, you need the expertise from different parts of the world in order to create beautiful things like um, like cars. Or, or um, you know, if, if you want to build a great car brand, well, you need the Germans, you know, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, if you want to have the best uh, Italian restaurant in town, well, you need the Italians, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think with fragrances is the same thing. I think uh, what was missing here was the French expertise mm-hmm. is that expertise is how how to create a beautiful luxury fragrance brand. Um, by using what's in the country, mm-hmm. by using those raw materials, raw materials. And, and and combining them but obviously with all the the raw materials that we have in the in the industry. But to come up with something that looks very um prestigious or, or, or
0: it's very um, lax. I'm s- I'm yeah, I'll put photos with the post that goes up with this, but the packaging is so Well, beautiful. thank you. Well, it's
1: very simple. It's very, oh, very I simple. I think
0: there's something to be said for restraint in packaging. And oh, exactly. Is the most but it's very sustainable. Thing.
1: But every little item on the packaging refers to something Australian. Like, you know, you have the rooftops, the Australian rooftops. And oh, yes. you know, the colours of, you know, the, the, the desert and the sand dunes and the fields of flowers. And you have the, the ocean and the forest and... The timber is very Australian, and you have gold referring to WA. So yes, there they is have a these lot beautiful
0: of timber lids. There's, oh, I know. So there amazing. is a
1: lot of elements that relate to Australia, but you know, you you need that combination mm. of Australian-made beautiful raw materials. You have everything in this country, but. You need a little bit of expertise and help from you know people from overseas, like French or you know Belgian people, for instance, to create something that is that will appeal to a cust- to a local customer as mm. well, not only to an international customer because we have them, yeah. but also to a local customers which we have today as well, which is absolutely amazing. This is the, the best um, thing that can happen to me is, mm. is when you have beautiful local patriotic Australian uh, women and men. ...buying uh, your brand because it's Australian... ...and it looks amazing and it smells amazing.
0: Mm. Well, we needed an expert and here you are. <laughs> the name Goldfield and Banks pays homage... ...to Australia's first botanist, Joseph mm-hmm. Banks. Yep. Did your did your research into, I guess, botany and raw ingredients... ...sort of lead you to him? And what was it about his story that was of interest to you?
1: Well, first of all, um, I was just thinking... Of Joseph Banks coming to Australia for the first time, you know, in the 18th century, um, on Captain Cook's uh, ship. Can you imagine being in the 18th century and coming to a country like Australia, which is very rugged, which was an I untapped cannot imagine. country, <laughs> and he was a noble man. Mm. So first of all, my link was I was thinking about him being dressed up, you know, like when I came to Australia five years ago, people were saying to me, to you?" too d- dressed up for the occasion, <laughs> you know, cool down, relax a bit, you know. Now, obviously, I'm in jeans today, um, but I wasn't five years this ago. This is
0: still a, <laughs> a high-end take on <laughs> denim, <laughs> let me tell you. Um,
1: but I, I was just imagining Joseph Banks being all dressed up, mm. you know, like when you see him on the, on, on the portraits um, with his coat and his beautiful shirts and, you know, uh, and coming in this country with the native people, with, the scenery that is like so unique and mm. so vast and, and um, so in your face, I can imagine, because obviously now a lot of the
0: y- yes, of things course are, there are was built,
1: no but um, there's architecture now. Yeah. Um, but back then there was nothing. There was just, you know, the the the, the native people having mm. their own communities and and, and et cetera. must have been amazing. It must have been absolutely amazing for him to discover this and especially to discover the beauty of the nature the organic shapes of the flowers of the leaves of the trees you know there's nothing here that compares to anything we've seen in Europe yeah or the United States i mean every continent has obviously its own you know uh, trees and, and birds and but look t- today i mean I- even if you go to to the outback you know we don't we don't really have pigeons here we have gorgeous yes. uh, colored birds you know parrots and and lorikeets and and all that i mean everything is very in extreme here like you know the waves are bigger than anywhere else in mm. the world um the scars are more blue than anywhere else in the world so everything so this country i can just imagine joseph banks being totally overwhelmed of course and then obviously he going back to europe taking more than 30,000 uh, species of plants and woods and shrubs and from this whole trip, mm. not only Australia, but all the islands around. Of um, and introducing to the European society wattle, you know, no, yeah. nobody had ever seen wattle, nobody had ever seen eucalyptus, for instance, or, um, or, or bottle brush, mm. all those natives. So can you imagine that was a different period? It would be the same thing as today. Someone would come from Mars mm-hmm. and show you a flower that grows on Mars.
0: R- of course, yeah, it'd you be would be completely foreign. Oh yeah, yeah, it
1: would be completely foreign, and and I think that's what uh, what um, what inspired me a lot about Joseph Banks, other than mm-hmm. just him. I mean, and it's a, the brand is a tribute to Joseph Banks. Um, and and yeah, so in a way, I, I just sometimes I think that my my brand basically started in seventeen seventy somewhere. <laughs> <like that. laughs> here um, I am saying,
0: well, your brand is just, just over two years yeah. old. You no, know, it's several <laughs> centuries.
1: Exactly, exactly. But that's that's what I was that's that's what I was saying. Is that there, there is a lot more about the brand than just you know a young new brand.
0: Mm, well, this kind of comes back to what you were saying at the start. The story is authentic if the story isn't manufactured at all the story existed before the brand did
1: absolutely and you have to smell it as well when you mm. smell the fragrances you, you actually smell that um, that history you, mm. s- you smell the, the earthiness like it's the fragrances are very earthy and you you smell that sort of um, the past that this Australian dark mm-hmm. past you actually smell it
0: which fragrance did you develop first?
1: Desert Rosewood.
0: Can you talk me through the process? Mm,
1: desert Rosewood. Oh, God. The, desert Rosewood is probably the most difficult fragrance to actually create. Um, I oh, see so you just started off has, with the oh difficult yes, one. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, not because I discovered a raw material that is called Buddha Wood Oil. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting uh, oil. Um, very earthy and extremely powdery and um, um, dark in a way smells a bit like a cigar, oh. burnt cigar. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting raw material. It's mm-hmm. a very complex raw material. And it was um, it was also a very, very... Diff- and it still is today a very difficult ingredient to combine with anything, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that is probably the reason why some of the ingredients today haven't been explored in modern perfumery because they are just... Too hard. Too hard. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of perfumers... Can't get bothered with all that. Um, <laughs> they want the easy stuff. But um, but that was that was my first fragrance, Desert Rosewood, and I, I really wanted the fragrance to be very very um, uh, complex and extremely um, um, oriental. and And this fragrance for me smells um, the desert. It's it's yeah. It's dark. It's um, but at the same time, it's got it's very solar. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a brightness to it. Uh, with mandarin and we have amber and vanilla obviously in the fragrance but the heart of the fragrance i would say the the, the summits because every fragrance has a sunrise and a sunset i would say but the summit of the fragrance oh, is very that. woody yeah
0: I've, why have i never heard that before to have a sunrise and a sunset
1: because nobody actually talked about there it.
0: there we go that <laughs> explains it, <doesn't> it?
1: <laughs> again you know the expertise the way of talking i mean and i, th- I think today people don't really want to know about the ingredients of the fragrances although I talk about I it I do but exactly. <laughs> even
0: if nobody's listening I do I
1: know but, uh, but and we love it mm. um, but a lot of people just um, prefer to listen to emotions and, and when you say, well, a fragrance has a sunrise, well, you can imagine an Australian sunrise, yeah. whether you are in the outback or in the desert or in a forest. It or conjures or up
0: an image straight away.
1: Straight away, exactly, and that's what it is. Again, mm. fragrances is all about images, it's all about travelling, it's about an emotion, and yeah. So yeah, so Desert a very interesting. Uh, and still today, every fragrance, every batch is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. It's like a wine, yeah, because it's, yes. it's a very... Uh, a very uh, stubborn little uh, ingredient, that buddha wood oil, but I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: We've touched on this idea of uniquely Australian scents. How did you develop fragrances that didn't feel like a cliché?
1: Well, um, there is so much more than the cliché ingredients. I mm. mean. Um, I'm not using any eucalyptus, for instance, in my fragrance. See, eucalyptus
0: would be the first thing because if you were to take Australian fragrance Mm. literally, but Mm. you've sort of, you know. But then
1: why not? Um, You know, uh, French perfumery is is Mm -hmm. is old as well. Um, And everybody says, you know, everybody's talking about roses and jasmine of France, of you know, uh, from south of France, Um, which becomes a bit boring by the end of the day. Like every fragrance has jasmine, every fragrance has rose, yes. but to me, what's more important is the provenance of the ingredients. Yeah. Is finding different ingredients um, that pop up in the industry, mm-hmm. and 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 they pop up in the cosmetics industry. So why wouldn't they pop up in, in, in fragrances? Mm. Uh, you know, kunzia and tea tree oil and all of these. You know that all of that is Australian. Yeah, and it's used today in cosmetics worldwide, mm-hmm. all from Australia. So there's a lot of other. There are a lot of other ingredients that. We could easily use in in the perfume industry mm-hmm. so i'm much more interested in in the more difficult notes and the more difficult ingredients
0: loves a challenge oh <laughs> yes
1: like blue cypress oil for instance blue cypress oil is very uh, misty and smells mm. a bit like incense and um it's very crisp and again uh, it's a raw material that you know nobody has ever used it in in, in fragrances it's a pine it's it smells different than the italian uh, um, Cypress oil, mm-hmm. um, a lot more misty and and probably a lot more woody. But I li- but I like it. I like the challenge. I like I like to explore those ingredients. Like you know the boronia. You know when you go to Tasmania, for instance, uh, we have the chance to work um, with this fabulous company called the Tasmanian Essential Oils. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: they provide you know the industry with the most divine quality of brown boronia. It's ten thousand really? euros dollars a kilo, and and it's um, good.
0: God. And an, another another
1: <laughs> ingredient nobody knows about it because it's small batches and it's mm. difficult to pr- to, pr- to produce and you know um, but uh, but that makes the difference of the brand and today I r- I'm I'm so happy um, that I stuck to 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 my initial idea because mm. today customers they absolutely f- um, love and value the ingredients that I use in my fragrances.
0: Such an important lesson to follow your intuition. Mm. Talk me through the collection thus far, because as it stands, there are six fragrances, soon to be seven, we've teased that, Mm. but each has its own origin somewhere quite specific Mm, in Australia. Talk to me about this.
1: Well, I found it very interesting. Um, Again, it's all about travelling, isn't it? you know, when you when you drink wine, I, I love wine, I love drinking wine. We
0: keep bringing this back to wine. I think you and I do need to go on a holiday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, but it's, but I don't know. I mean, we like to know the provenance. I mean, and especially, I mean, there's no point putting on a fragrance um, that the jasmine is from south of France, because I think the whole world knows that the jasmine comes from south of France or mm-hmm. India um, or some other parts. But when you initiate a new brand and you, you create a new brand with a new story that is a bit different, Australian fragrances, mm. you have to educate a little bit, you know, uh, your, yeah. your customers and your audience and, and the people that will mm. wear your fragrance. So I think it's very important to to highlight um, the provenance of those ingredients uh, so that people know, oh, my God, I didn't know that Bramboronia comes from Tasmania. Or I didn't
0: until about thirty-five seconds ago.
1: Exactly. <laughs> or um, sandalwood um, comes from um, from Western Australia. Or um, we have blue cypress that comes from you know the Northern Territories.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and even you know even in Australia we have wood, wood, you know agarwood, yes. which is very uh, common in our industry today. But Queensland, um, some some companies in Queensland produce um, oud wood, wood. Nobody knows about these things, no. and through my fragrances, I, tr- I really try to to um, to uh, to educate my customers. Mm-hmm. Or not really the right word to educate, but just to to inform them about those ingredients and about the provenance. And and I'm very happy today that. Um, our all our fans that are using our fragrances, they they actually learn something, and they're very very happy to discover that this country um, offers so much beauty. Mm. It's different. It's new. It's I new. I mean, I've experience. lived here my
0: whole life, and I've learned more in the last you know 35 mm-hmm. minutes. Know, but so that's <laughs> what everybody
1: says, I know, yeah. which is an amazing thing. So there was a gap. There was a gap there. Mm. Um, today we have fragrances from coming from Iceland. There are mm-hmm. Dutch brands, um, there are Scandinavian brands, and all of these fragrance But why, why would you why would you buy a Scandinavian perfume brand? There's not one ingredient that I know of that comes from Scandinavia that is used in fine fragrances. Right. So it's legitimate with Goldfield and Banks in Australia. It's absolutely legitimate mm-hmm. to to have an Australian fragrance brand.
0: Mm.
1: Absolutely, because we have it. it, it it's here. It's
0: here. When it comes to physically applying fragrance, I feel like we're told conflicting things because I've grown up knowing, you know, you apply it to your pulse points, we do, th- <laughs> we do the neck, we do the insides of the wrist, um, you know, so that the fragrance permeates. But now we're being told, oh, be careful where you spray it because the alcohol can be, you know, a detriment mm-hmm. to the skin. Yeah. Where am I supposed to be applying my fragrance?
1: Well, I think it, oh my God, it, 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 it depends on, on the occasion. It depends on the season. Um, the great thing about Goldfield and Banks, the fragrances are really made for warmer countries. So mm-hmm. some of the fragrances like Pacific Rock Mars or um, even Desert Rosewood, the hotter the temperatures, like the better the fragrance becomes on your skin, for mm-hmm. instance, which is very rare. Because yeah. usually you wouldn't wear a fragrance on your skin in a hot, humid um, country. Um, But I I would definitely suggest to wear fragrances on the skin. But on the other hand, I also love um, perfuming hair, um, beautiful fabrics, a scarf, Mm -hmm. um, uh, even a bag or or, um, yeah, on your wrists, um, um, your, your chest. As a man, I mean, I like to wear fragrances on my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways. Um, there's not one way. There's different ways. You just have to find your own.
0: So it's experimenting, really. It's
1: experimenting, and f- and it's going to be different for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there a trick to getting sent to last on the skin, or with the hair, or the clothes, or wherever we choose? Just to put
1: reapply it? during the day. Yeah. How fabulous is that? Do you know? I think um, I personally like reapplying fragrances. Oh, during me the too. Day yeah i I actually would be very um i wouldn't really like to have like sometimes i wear a fragrance in the morning and i don't have the time to reapply during the day um and people tell me oh my god you smell great and i'm like oh my god i wore this fragrance like 10 hours ago um but i personally like to reapplying a fragrance absolutely it feels
0: almost like a ritual to me it's sort of like and this sounds so silly, but I find it quite grounding to take a, a moment
1: ritual. to then, yeah. It's a ritual, and like like in the Roman times, uh, you mm. know, uh, they would apply and reapply those oils, and you know, um, today everybody's expecting a long-lasting fragrance, you know, that with a projection of 10-12 hours. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to shower in between, you know what yes. I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you forget about hygiene. <laughs> uh, hygiene, exactly. Um, but I. But, yeah, I think um, layering is very important. You can layer some fragrances, like, you know, in our case. You yeah, can what's the trick
0: to that? I'm always quite afraid mm. to start layering. It's
1: not always easy, but I just discovered last year that uh, some of our fragrances, you can actually layer them and they're perfect, absolutely perfect when you layer them. And they, mm-hmm. they tend to have a different, obviously, a different sillage um, um, or trail. Is that mm-hmm. the word? Um, but they tend to have uh they tend to be different and 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 um, secure a better longevity.
0: What's the trick to layering? What works well together?
1: Woody notes work well together. Mm-hmm. Two wood f- woody fragrances work together. So stick
0: in the same sort of yeah, family.
1: Absolutely, two fresh fragrances com- okay. in combination together are beautiful. Um, I, I'm not so much a fan of of. Uh, Opposite fragrances, combining opposite fragrances. Sometimes, yeah. um, I just think that when you combine two fragrances in the same family, it just enhances
0: mm-hmm.
1: the the character of the fragrance that you like, the yeah. the the aspect of the fragrance that you actually prefer, which is woody or or freshness. If you mm-hmm. look for freshness, well, then combine two fresh fragrances, and you will have a profusion of freshness, for instance.
0: Well, that makes it much easier. I'm not <laughs> sure what I was stressed about. What would your advice be to anyone who is looking for a signature scent? How do we know when we've found the one, so to speak?
1: Wow, very good question. Oh, thank you so much. Um, tricky one. Um, I think you have to try fragrances, in, you know, and there's also um, why are you applying a fragrance? Is it for seduction? Mm. Is it for pleasure? Yeah. Is it just because it's a lifestyle and it's just to I don't know to refresh your environment? Um, I think the purpose is very important. If you know already mm-hmm. uh, the purpose, then you can already define yeah um, and th- the choice obviously of uh, of your fragrance. Um, if you if you wear a fragrance to seduce, well then obviously um, you'll have to find a fragrance that. Will suit your needs, and that yeah. that, that will will um, will give you a different experience mm-hmm. to I don't know uh, to attract and, and, and to feel more um, party like or I don't know um, I think the purpose is very important, and then also um, just trying. Trying and, and when you travel, you you find all these beautiful fragrances at the airport and everywhere. It's just a matter of looking, searching. It's a match. It's um it's like a date. It's like you know when you when you find the right one. Well then you get married.
0: You're know? <laughs> you Gotta kiss a few frogs before you find kiss the a few winner. Frogs, I love that one. <laughs> Such a beautiful <laughs> a glamorous fragrances. way of putting it. <laughs> Why is it that the same fragrance can wear so differently from person to person?
1: Oh your skin is very different yeah the, mm-hmm. um, the acidity of the skin is 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 very important um, um, a w- woman's skin is different than a man's skin um, the time of your life is different you know when you are twenty years um, you have a different skin than mm-hmm. when you're fifty, so your skin will obviously um, react differently when you're fifty than when you're twenty yeah. Um, it all depends, you know. Some people that smoke a lot will have a different experience of their fragrances on their skin mm-hmm. than a person that is vegan, for instance. Yeah, and it's true. It's it all of you know what you drink, what you eat, how the way you live, the mm-hmm. way you you know you um, you treat yourself. All of that has a massive impact on on uh, on the result of the fragrance on your skin. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: There's I won't name the fragrance, but there's one quite well-known perfume that whenever I smell it on someone, it smells so beautiful, and then I will go into a store and spritz it on my skin and it just smells like muddy water. And I pff, can never wrap my head around why, but I, know. I guess we're all just, you know.
1: I know, it happens. Um, genetics, it
0: happens. perhaps.
1: <laughs> no, no, it happens. Sometimes I have the same thing um, with some of my fragrances, like Pacific Rock Moss, you know, it's it's a fragrance, It's a became... It became a hype last year and, you know, there was a lot of talks about this fragrance and, and uh, sometimes people go like, oh my God, it's so fresh, I can, h- I can hardly smell it. And on the other hand, uh, some other people spray it in the morning and, and it's the most complimented fragrance ah. you can imagine. So it really depends on the type of person, on mm. the skin, on everything. It's a matter of trying. It's the same thing, the same thing with uh, with clothing. Um, of course, we yeah, could go to, to you link. know we could go to an amazing store and, and obviously you and know, I we're not gonna try the same no. <laughs> the same outfit <laughs> but two women can wear the same outfit and it's gonna look completely different. and and it's the same with you know makeup. It's the same with
0: uh,
1: an interior design or um, architecture. You know things that you like that you dislike. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right fragrance, and it takes time.
0: I can't believe I've never thought to make that link before because I spend so much time telling people, with you know, skincare and makeup, what works for my skin may not work for yours. But I've never thought to apply that same ethos to fragrance. But of, of course. course, it's science. Oh,
1: absolutely, and also the, the 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 nature of your your skin and and um, a Latin American person will wear some of mm. f- some fragrances much better than than um, Caucasian person. Yeah. Or Uh, Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Our black skins, usually black skins are beautiful and fragrances Mm. evolve in a beautiful way on dark black skins, Mm. which is amazing. Sometimes, you know, someone that is very, very white, pale, well, will have a different experience of of Mm. their fragrance, of exactly the same fragrance. So
0: it's just trial and error, I suppose. It's trial and error.
1: Mm. And that's why you have to try a fragrance. And and, um, yeah, that would be my, my best advice.
0: It's been almost 5 years since you moved permanently to Australia. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that the fragrance industry has changed in that time?
1: Oh, I I would say enormously, especially over the last 2-3 years. Um you, you well there's a lot of niche uh, brands popping up everywhere. Um Customers are asking for different fragrances because obviously customers travel more mm. probably than 10 or 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know, It's easier today to travel. So you discover all these beautiful brands when you go overseas, you yeah. know As soon as you 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 know, you land in, in London or in Paris I mean you already find different fragrances in here you go to the Middle East. I mean go to You know the airport yeah, of yeah. Dubai for instance or you know Abu Dhabi you find different fragrances so I think um, the exotism is very important. Mm-hmm. People want to dream. People want something different. So it has changed enormously. My opinion, and and you have to say it's amazing that some of the stores um, dare to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, like Mecca, for instance, yes. dares to to be different by ha- having you know in their portfolio very different. Uh, brands mm. probably not all of the brands are very well known but at least it offers a different experience to customers and i i i embrace that i i, I um i put my hand on off for that sort of uh, companies that, that mm. really dare and try i mean there's a few others there's a few a few uh distributors here in australia who actually do a great job in terms of niche mm-hmm. um and it's amazing it's it's trial and error Mm. that's it but but on top of that what's what's amazing is that the the customers today are absolutely open and very receptive to finally wear australian fragrances Mm. and i think that um i don't know i mean i i I don't want to sound very pretentious but uh, in a way i think i've contributed to that as well i
0: agree with all that that
1: hard work and Mm -hmm. and um the support that i get from you know our customers and media is very mm. important to so because people need to know that it's available, that there is there are Australian fragrance brands on the market today. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I suppose that's how perception has changed over the last five years. What changes do you think we can expect to see over the next five or so years?
1: More, <laughs> more Australian fragrance brands. Mm-hmm. Um, you d- you're talking about fragrances in general? yeah. Oh yes absolutely there's there's already like other brands that popped up over the last few years mm-hmm. um some of them are made overseas and, and are australian brands or you know some of them are made locally um, uh, but i think um if it's done in a, in a, in, a, in in the right way in a proper mm-hmm. way then there is absolutely room for fragrances that are born here in australia mm-hmm. as much as you know a french brand or an italian brand or um, a Middle Eastern brand. Um, but I think um, and also the made in Australia don't forget it's a huge trend everywhere mm, big everywhere. Time. I mean and I travel all the time and you know I, I just came back from Europe and I'm going back in another 10 days. Um, but anything that's made in Australia today is synonymous to clean, green, um, tropical exotic and 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 quality mm-hmm. and people people like that people are looking for that as well and it it, it gives a different experience it, there is a whole change going on in this industry
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: challenging for all of us um, but at the same time there is a there is an opportunity so yeah
0: mm. I love that. Through, yeah, I feel like opportunity is born through challenges. But it's the same so it's with skincare, thing. and it's the same. Yeah.
1: You know, you go to the US, and as soon as you say that you live in Australia, and then you have an Australian fragrance, where people go, "Oh my god!" And this is amazing. And people are so open. But here too, I mean, of course, here in Australia. But I'm, but I'm saying this. This whole trend is is absolutely amazing. And I felt it. I mean, a couple of years ago, I really felt that there was like a change in trends. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very surprising and it's, it's, uh, it's joyful.
0: Mm, it's an exciting time to be mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. industry. Definitely. Well, finally, Dimitri, what is next for Goldfield & Banks?
1: What is next for Goldfield & Banks? Um, well, first of all, I'm launching a new fragrance um, next month. Mm-hmm. We're presenting it in Italy and Milan in a few weeks. Um, the fragrance name is absolutely beautiful, I would say. Um, I can tell you actually what it is. Oh, we've got (laughs) a
0: scoop, amazing. (laughs) We've got a (laughs)
1: scoop with Gemma. The fragrance is called Velvet Splendor.
0: Oh, I've got like goosebumps just hearing that. I love it.
1: (laughs) Velvet Splendor. Um, And you know, the the, the amazing thing about Velvet Splendor is that's the feedback I got from all the people to who we've presented it overseas. Uh, because we're launching that fragrance exclusively overseas first before ex- uh, launching it in Australia, mm-hmm. um, is that what the name reflects the fragrance. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's absolutely all about um, the splendor. It's about velvety fragrance of vel- vel- velvety notes. Um, it's a very oriental spicy interpretation of um, wattle.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: So not... It's a very typical pretty wattle, but mm. it's an, it's more like a, a, a very spicy... Spices sort of are my favorite. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very chic, very refined, uh, extremely powerful. Um, and, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's 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 been quite a journey, I have to say. It's been it's been an incredible um, year last year and and, you know this year already i can't believe already april but um but that's it so so there's a new fragrance i mean and obviously you know the the idea for the future is to establish Goldfilton bangs as an australian fragrance house Mm -hmm. um which is which hasn't been done in the past i mean i can't think of any other real Mm -hmm. fragrance house that celebrates as much those ingredients and you know the the beauty of, 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 of the country and, and, and the nature. Um, and we will continue to grow. I mean, we've, we've, we're very happy to be working with partners like Barneys and Harvey Nichols. Mm, and huge. You know, um, I'm doing this beautiful pop-up now in uh, Paris in mm. two, three weeks with Le Bon Marché is an incredible department oh, actual
0: store. heaven on
1: earth. I know, oh. I know. So very, very excited and happy to uh, to be working with all these retailers. And then in Australia, I mean, we're just continuing to open up some new accounts, and and we're in the process of um, of uh, well, we we're talking with uh, with a beautiful local retailer so hopefully mm. things will uh, will change by the end of the year uh it takes time because you really want to make sure that you know whatever you do is um that it's the right choice that yeah, it's product. aligned with the brand and retail in australia has changed so much over the last few years i think mm-hmm. that um you have to take a bit of a step back in order to reevaluate everything and to rethink everything before you actually want to commit to a retailer, and I think um, I think I've made up my mind with who I actually want to work with. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> so The future is quite um, quite interesting.
0: That was Dimitri Weber, founder of Goldfield and Banks, who you can find on Instagram at goldfield underscore and underscore banks underscore Australia. To read my interview with Dimitri, you can visit blowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other business and beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Blow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.